Warning, the following podcast contains strong language, irreverent humor, and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. finale episode 66 oh. i'm alana i'm leanne and um what are you drinking today leanne oh i am drinking a del- i haven't had i haven't tried a drink of it with the vodka though but i tried it already i have uh i have this minute made what is it mango guava is that the name no, is no, it no. the flavor it's, uh, oh. it's it's hibiscus oh, hibiscus yeah it's, it's anyway an, and vodka it's an agua fresca oh. It is delicious. I, Ooh, that vodka actually cuts a little bit of the sweet there. I like that. Oh, that's good. Yuppers. Um, what are you drinking? Well, I am just having a run-of-the-mill screwdriver because we shared that bottle, uh, that tiny bottle of vodka, <laughs> and I wanted to have <laughs> some orange juice. So I'm so drunk. Um. Yeah. That. Uh. That look. You know what though? A nice screwdriver now and again. I ain't gonna complain about it. You know what though? We should really get. We need to get another <laughs> bottle of just regular vodka because we haven't had a good Bloody Mary in a while. Well, come June June tenth, we're gonna have one. Oh, I know. We're doing. What is it? The Make Your Own Bloody Mary Bar. Yeah, I figured we would take. Um, we would definitely have. Um, what's it called? Um, well, we'll d- definitely use Zing Zang because that's like my favorite. And I think that's that's the one that you enjoy the most, I think. Out of the no. ones we've had. Yeah, I like the Zing. Yeah. Um, but we have to find a vegan one because a lot of them use anchovy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, for Tom, I want to get a vegan one because he likes Bloody Marys, but they vegetarian. have to be vegan. It doesn't have to be vegan. Vegetarian. vegetarian, yes. That's what I meant. So, um, so yeah. So, you know. We have to find a vegetarian one, but um, yeah, we're gonna do a Bloody Mary bar. We're gonna have tons of different like little thingies you can make for your for your little toothy pick. Cool. And then that way, if uh, if people just even want to have their own drink with a different with vodka and something else, and then just <clears throat> like try the like olives and stuff, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and I hope this goes without saying, but we will have some bacon there for us meat eaters, right? Hell yeah. Because uh, I've seen that before in places where you, they have the yes. bacon and the Bloody Mary, and I would like yeah. to try it. I don't that's think I've had one. That's what we did when we went camping. Oh, well, they're amazing. Um, That's what we did when we went camping. Hell yeah, we're going to have the bacon. What kind nice. of question is that? I just was making sure. Sometimes they have shrimp, too. They go a little seafood with it, you know? Like, there's all kinds mm. of ways you can spruce up a Bloody Mary. Yeah, I know. I would even be down to do like if I if I'm feeling crazy, which I'll be out of school by then. So yeah, is like uh, do even do up some shrimp maybe or some um, Brussels sprouts. I've seen people do Brussels sprouts like char them on the grill. Yeah, and um, so there's tons of stuff you can do. Nice. All right. Well, um, correct. What else have we got on the docket? Ah, uh, I am. Two weeks and three days away from being on summer vacation. Woo-hoo. Not really. I mean, if I count like teacher work day and stuff, it's like three weeks. But well, with kids, two weeks and four days. Still, 
It's exciting. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, it's been a long year. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing nothing doing some dumb girl shit I was gonna on say my birthday do, doing nothing i'm on, i just said on my birthday <laughs> on my summer vacation <laughs> obviously you're really doing some dumb girl shit well your birthday already happened you don't get another <laughs> one. it already happened <laughs> you don't get another one uh, right dude i don't think you'd want another one though no hell no please don't give me any more of the birthdays i'm like 100 years old now as it is <laughs> so what are you up to not much um i just am like been in a frustrated mood today and then i researched my topic and i got even more angry so i just am (laughs) like kind of a little ball of rage right now Uh, lovely well a little ball of rage and depression and oh fuck (laughs) so we'll just like roll me on through this day (laughs) hey um listen this may be insensitive, but are are you feeling up to making butter chicken? Because... Oh, I'm going to make the butter chicken. That's not like I, I already agreed on that. I know. I'm Don't you not, worry, your little you. auntie bun about it. Thank you. Got my my bun. It is very large today. It is very in charge yeah, today. I was looking at it and I was like, it is very big. <laughs> I don't hate it though. It feels nice on like it's a nice it's nice on top of my head. It's not pulling. You know how you put your hair up and then there's like that little part that's pulling and then you feel like you gotta take it off. It's but it is very big. It looks like I'm gonna fight somebody. <laughs> and I just might. The day is young. <laughs> that's funny. Gosh. Um, yeah, no, I I like I needed to have my hair up today, but I just have it in a ponytail. It's not it's not quite long enough for the top knot yet, I don't think. Yeah, I like to sleep with my hair in a top knot though in the summer, uh, because really, yeah, because my neck gets sweaty when I sleep. Yeah, I usually take my hair down, but you're right when it's not when it's the nighttime. Yeah, I think I'm gonna get myself, um, because I know it's not great to sleep with your hair like whatever, but I think if right. I get myself like a nice satin scrunchie, it, it won't like there won't be breakage, and I can still yeah, that's like, a good idea. I don't know, something I was that's thinking a good about. idea. But yeah, so this is episode 66. It's our last episode of season one, which we had announced before. And then I forgot to like make a post or whatever about it. But um, we decided to end at 66 episodes for season one. And then we'll come back with season two sometime in July. Correct. I think July. And then. And now we've got some humdinger of some episodes. That'll be coming down the pike. Because well, yeah. I know I've got some really good, uh, really good episodes. Yes, I've got a lot of things that I want to do. And I think we'll try to do a few more, like, themed episodes. Yeah. Well, we already have that one that we talked about. Yeah, which I already forgot what, what you're talking about now. But we don't want to, we don't want to, like, uh... I'm giving you a face to remind you. Do you not see my face? I see the face, but I don't quite understand the face. But that's not important. Is that better? Is that better face? I still don't know. I just was saying we don't want to spill the beans on air. I know. I mean, I'm not trying to. You just, trying you, give just away you just look ridiculous. Is all I've got. I don't know what you're doing. You can tell Alice me was like growling at me just now when I made that face. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, but anyway, we have a good one that we talked about doing, like, like kind of like we did with what uh, Men in Black. Oh yeah, yeah. And I have one that um, I want. I want us to do that I haven't told you about yet that I just thought about today. Ooh, so. nice. But yeah, we have some really good ones. Um, coming, coming. 
and that's that. Yeah, it's just, it'll be good to have a little break and get our ducks in a row, and then we can hopefully have a more streamlined, I don't know, way of doing the podcast so you guys can like (laughs) we won't have to like skip any weeks because we'll have recorded ahead and we'll just like it'll be good right on but yeah right on so if you want to you know without further ado crack into your story i do in fact mine is actually not super long today okay because mine is kind of longer than usual so that's fine (laughs) Well, then that works out. Um, but mine's interesting, and I heard about this um, on my Mile Higher podcast, of course. And um, I just think it's an interesting thing that has never really been um, the, like found how it, like what it is. And so I am interested in your take. Okay. Um. So okay. First off, have you okay? So there is an episode of this on unsolved mysteries, but it was like an old one, and I I I was looking for it, and then I couldn't find it, and then I think I found it, but it was too late because we had an absolutely insane day today which i texted you about earlier so um i wasn't able to watch the unsolved mysteries um on my lunch break like i was planning to uh but have you ever seen unsolved mysteries yeah like well okay so i have seen Mm. of the reboot like they did a reboot of it um Mm -hmm. on netflix i've seen both seasons of that it's really really good but i remember i'm talking about the original Well, yes i was gonna i was gonna get to that i have seen some of the original (laughs) But when I was younger, it used to scare me, so I didn't watch it as right. much. But I think I am going to go back and watch some of them because it was, you know. Well, intense. this is a scary, scary shit, in my opinion. Um, and I'm with you. Okay, so when I used to, my, my, I remember my mom and dad would watch Unsolved Mysteries. And I just remember being scared out of my freaking mind. um, Because it was just like that guy in the trench coat. Yes, remember him? Yes. I, I don't um, remember what his name is either right now, so. And, um, yeah, so, like, he, he, oh, John Walsh. Yeah. No, that's the missing oh, kids. Oh, no, that's, he's, uh. Right? Shit, I don't Isn't know. Isn't that the missing kids? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so he was, I don't remember. I feel like John Walsh is the guy who lost the kids. He's the guy. Or who lost his kid and now they talk yeah, about the yeah, missing yeah. children. But I don't know what that's called. That's called like something cases or whatever. Yeah. I Hang don't on. Let me but anyway. Oh, yeah. We're going gonna... gonna to Google it. He's America's Most Wanted. That's what it's called. I couldn't America's remember. Most Wanted. That's right. I know he had a child get stolen or something. And then that's why he kind of like took that on to be his thing. Um. But anyway. So, yeah. So, the so... original one... I think was uh Robert Stack from Unsolved Mysteries. Well, whatever he did, he was hella creepy in his trench coat. That's all I remember. Um, I remember growing up and my parents watching it, and I would like try to like get out of the ho- like not get out of the house, but like <laughs> I, try I would to like try to like find house. somewhere else to be. Essentially, when that when that little thing came on and he started walking in the dark alley with the trench coat because yeah. i was like nothing good is gonna happen well here. <laughs> i mean i think that it's good that as a kid you recognize that you should be scared of a man in a dark alley with a trench coat because right like these are good things definitely should be scared of that. <laughs> right yeah no shit right um an older white man in a in a trench coat yeah. in an alley yeah yeah no, definitely run the other way 
Um, but yeah, so I th- I thought this was an interesting story, and I didn't get like I said, I didn't get a chance to watch the Unsolved Mystery, but it's cool. So, have you ever heard of the Oakville Blobs? No. Oh, good. Yay. Okay. So, um, Blob? this story Blobs, Blobs, like B as in boy, L O B as in boy S. All right. Um, so this took place Sometimes in Oakville, Washington. Sometimes they call me the Toledo Blob, but... Do they? <laughs> I'm kind of known as the Bart Simpson of Scranton. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so... I love you so much. <laughs> um, so Oakville is located, um, it's kind of, I believe, southwest of, um, Seattle. And um, it's a pretty small town. And actually what kind of started this town being so um, popular, not popular, but it was in like at first it was lumber. So they were really known for their lumber businesses. And it was like a it was a lumber town at first. And um, it was, oh, you know, always a really small town. Well, um, so on August 7th, 1994 is when this started. And. <clears throat> so uh, this uh so at first i guess the first person to kind of like explain that they were to witness this is um a police officer his name was david lacy and he was on patrol and the articles that i read all said that he had he was with a civilian friend which i mean i know you can do that i know that it's a thing where you can like um go with your police officer friends and like you have to sign a release and stuff but you can go on patrol yeah, like a ride-along kind of. Yeah. They do that for, because like, journalists know. and stuff, too. Yeah, and what's her name? Uh, Kim Kardashian has gone on. Really? Yes. Funny. <laughs> um, just this is my knowledge that I have. <laughs> um, But anyway, so, yeah. So, they, um, he had his friend with him or whatever, and it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, and he, they said that um, it started to rain, which is not crazy, obviously, in Washington. Right. I mean, it's like... You know, you saw, I've seen Twilight. I know how it is out there, you know. <laughs> rain, rain all the freaking time. Um, But anyway, so he would dry. Um, here He would dry. Okay, oh my gosh, dude. I literally just looked at the screen on the TV, and it was talking about the news, and it said dry. And so I said dry. <laughs> also, I have to tell you that once again, I said the word precipitate like four times today. <laughs> Instead of participate? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm losing my mind. Um, but anyway... So the it rained, um, and so the officer like nothing was amiss at first. Like I said, it rains all the time in Washington. So he starts his windshield wipers to clear it, and then all of a sudden he realizes that what is falling from the sky is not in fact rain; it is a clear something that is only smearing on his windshield when he goes to clear it. And uh, yeah, like a straight up terrifying in my opinion. So uh, the rain is smearing onto his window. So him and the guy they pull over, they get out of the car. So he's like trying to find out what this stuff is, and so he describes it as uh, falling out of the falling out of the sky like rain, but it's blobs of like gelatinous. Is that how you say that word? Yes. I think it is gelatinous, like um, translucent jello. That's disgusting. Yes, yeah, so he like took it out of his hand and like touched it and all this Ew. stuff, which you're an idiot. But anyway, he had on he had right, on um, he poisonous. had on gloves. Oh, okay. He had on gloves. Well, so I'll get right. there. Um, but anyway, yeah. So he had um he put it on there and um he touched it, I guess. But he did have his uh he had gloves on. He said very mushy, almost as if you had uh Jello in your hand. Oh. So um at the same time or a little couple uh, hours later. 
this other lady and her name is Donnie, sorry, Dottie Barcliffe. Um, her and her daughter, Sunny lived across town, but still in the same, uh, the same place, Oakville. And they kind of lived more on like a farm area. And so she thought that it was just rain as well too. And then she kind of started to realize like she would gone out and looked at it and touched it and all this stuff and kind of started to realize, Oh wait, this isn't rain. What is this? Um, so at first they didn't really know what it was and then kind of the whole town was talking about it. But a couple hours later, things kind of turned sort of dark because the police officer, David and Dottie and various other residents in the town started getting really, really ill. Yes. So they had, um, they, so the one, the main one that we talk about is, uh, is Dottie. Um, but it, but a lot of the same, um, residents or the residents had a lot of the same, uh, side effects. There was, uh, difficulty breathing, extreme vertigo, super dizzy, nauseous, blurred vision. Um, so Sunny, who was Dottie's daughter, Sunny actually found her mom in the bathroom, not passed out. Like she was still conscious, but she was like laying on the bathroom floor. She said she was super duper pale just drenched in sweat but super clammy and um had uh like had super duper bad vertigo like she couldn't get up oh my god and so she had to call EVMS and they took her to the hospital another uh resident Beverly Roberts she said that it was like the craziest thing like people were getting super duper sick and like with the flu like uh flu like symptoms um and then this is really fucking sad but cats and dogs were getting sick so like cats and dogs that were going outside and like licking or eating this stuff were getting sick and in fact uh Dottie had one of her cats because like she they had a farm so it was like a like the barn cats you know one of the barn cats um apparently ate some of the stuff and like didn't even make it a couple feet and died oh no i know super freaking sad um, but anyway, so Dottie was in the hospital for four freaking days, dude. Wow. And yeah, and so the doctor said she had an, a severe inner ear infection. That was like what he said. Like that was like his his excuse. I don't want to say his excuse, but like what he thought. His you know? diagnosis. His diagnosis, yeah. And so, but the thing is, is, like after she was in the hospital for four days and went home and kind of was able to like not touch any more of that shit. She was, uh, she got a lot better. And, you know, inner ear infections, like we know with, um, our friend redacted that, um, that we used to grow up with, like, you know, she would get dizzy all the time oh, and all yeah. that stuff. Like, that's like recurring. That's right. not just like a once in a lifetime thing. Well, this is something that had never happened to her before. And then, um, after hadn't happened to her again. Yeah. So that seems so, unlikely that that's the cause. Exactly. Well, also, which I think is interesting, Sunny, uh, collected a sample of the blob stuff and sent it to the hospital. So a lab technician examined it and found out that it had uh, white human human white blood cells. What? But couldn't identify what it was or how it got like came from the sky. That's crazy. Right. So um. So anyway, so that was like the first thing that they did, and um, within uh, for the next three weeks, six different times they had this gel. They called them Jello storms. And this shit would fall from the ceiling, from the ceiling, from the, from ceiling. the uh, <laughs> this uh, stuff would fall from the uh, sky and people would get super sick and animals would get sick and die. And this went on for three weeks. Whoa. Yeah, but it was like just this town, which is just super is duper really weird. weird. 
Um, so anyway, so this um this this uh, sample that Sonny had taken was also sent to the Washington Department uh state the Washington State Department of Health. And this doctor, and his name was Mike McDowell, he's a microbiologist, he looked at the, the this thing and he noted that um, it had two specific species of bacteria in it. And uh, so one of the species is called um, Enterobacter cloaca, cloacea, something like that. Um, and that is actually found in the digestive system of many people, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. And then the other kind of bacteria that he found was called Pseudomonas fluorescence <laughs> and that can be found and i'm no psychologist or i'm no psych i'm no psychologist i'm no biologist um but that can also be found in water and soil uh, but it usually doesn't really like affect people negatively like you or i probably wouldn't we wouldn't even know we came in contact with it but people who are like commu- immune compromised and stuff uh have a really hard time and can get sick from it okay so those are the two things that he found and um so what's his name mike so dr mike dr mcdowell he um put like so he had found you know the the specimen or whatever and um oh my gosh alice sorry she just like shook her head like shook her body so loud so loudly (laughs) um but but anyway so then this is the crazy part so dr mcdowell uh was like interested you know in like researching this thing more and kind of looking into it so he took this the specimen oh he like looked at this he took the specimen and stored it in his lab and then he like left for the weekend or you know left for a couple days came back and it was gone what yes and interestingly enough his boss when he asked now of course this is all hearsay because like he you know he's not like uh, this isn't like published right, in right, right. You know, like a medical doctor or like a medical journal or anything. But um, he, his boss told him like, just forget, forget what you saw essentially. Like, don't worry about it. Wow. Um, yeah. So um, one of the interesting things were that some people were thinking that, um, well, I'll get into what people think it is in a second. I also want to mention that Dottie's daughter after she had gotten sick from that stuff, took a little bit of it and stored it in her freezer and actually ended up sending it to Amtest Laboratories, which is like a private research lab. Mm-hmm. And another microbiologist was looking at it and was um, confused. Like it said it was like a new, nu- it had a nucleus and complex cells in that. So it was like alive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whatever it was that had fallen from the sky was like alive. That's insane, dude correct (laughs) and so anyway um so after about this three months or sorry three weeks of this happening and you know the six different uh jelly storms or jello storms um to everyone's knowledge it has never happened again that's so weird right so um one of the things that's super crazy about it too is that um there's no pictures of it and this is interesting so the one like when i was listening to my mile higher they were talking about it and like the one girl was like i just don't buy it like i don't even think it really even happened and of course joel who's like the the guy on the show he's like um he's like well that doesn't make like make sense like that's stupid to say it like didn't happen like why would they make this up so so there's no proof picture wise that this happened um 
But I mean, too, at the same time, it's like in 1994. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, I'm trying to think of what 94 was. I was in like third grade. Do we even really have, I mean, we had those cameras like, you know, but I want to say that maybe even, um, uh, disposable cameras weren't even really that big in 94, were they? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'm trying to think. We we would have been in like third or fourth grade. I mean, you know, there's cameras with film. You think you would have taken pictures of this thing. You would think. But. You would think. Here's my tinfoil hat on. If put it on, if someone didn't want you to have pictures of it, like the government, for instance, then mm-hmm. they would have confiscated anything and made sure that nobody had any of it. Well, and two, it's like this didn't happen over, you know, oh my gosh, this happened in, you know, California or, you know, like Los Angeles. Right. I mean, this happened in a small town, and I will tell you, um, there was only the population at that time was 723. So it's not like you can, you know, it's not like it's, you know, 50,000 people and you're trying to, like, pick up cameras from all of them. 723 people. I guess it doesn't, it's not crazy to me that there's no, um, that there's no photo evidence of this. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Plus, okay, if your town's that small and say only a percentage of the townspeople experienced this or took pictures of it. That would be super easy for the government or whoever to go in and, and confiscate exactly. all of that. I would agree. Um, I would agree. But anyway. Especially I just, I just if it was their there. experiment in the first place. Right. Well, yeah. And we'll get to that. Because that was another thing that somebody else had said. They were like um, talking about like the different the different um, things that this could be. And that is one of the biggest things. But I'm going to tell you a couple of the other things that have kind of been debunked. So some people were thinking, and actually I think at first one of the uh, uh, one of the doctors actually kind of came up thinking that maybe it was waste, human waste from an airplane Ew. that had been dumped. I know, isn't that fucking gross? However, how would it, we, how we, would it become gel like that, though? Well, in the, in the end, too, the, they dye is all that stuff in the like the waste stuff is dyed blue yeah so they they kind of really like i i mean it's forbidden anyway it's against faa regulations to even do such a thing like dump that out in the you know Mm -hmm. but even so it's that stuff has blue in it and these were had no color to them they were all like translucent so that kind of was debunked anyway um, you know, saying that like something like that would happen because it probably wouldn't be a clear translucent color once it fell anyway right. because they're dyed blue. Right. Which, yeah, if you've ever been in a bathroom in an airplane, it's like blue. You know, you can tell right. that the stuff in there is blue. Um, but anyway, another person, uh, another theory that um is very interesting. So apparently, so they're only like I think um th- Oakville is only like fifty miles inland, and so a lot of people. We're talking about how the military's naval bomb, like their naval bombing system, they sometimes will drop bombs like in the ocean or around the ocean. And they some people were speculating that the they accidentally destroyed a school of jellyfish and that it sent their pieces flying back up into the atmosphere. And then with that happening, they it would then turn like get back in the air and then come down as rain. Oh. I mean, I, that kind of sounds plausible, I guess, but it it's an why interesting would it make people theory, sick? Yeah, 
And um, a lot of people said there was there was really no smell to it. Like it didn't smell like rotting seafood or anything like that. And on top of that, if I feel like if that was what happened, there would be other like sea life and yeah, stuff. Yeah, there would be other stuff that would fall in there. Yeah, that that makes sense. So that kind of has been a little bit debunked. Um, but the Air Force does confirm that they were doing practice bombing runs over the Pacific Ocean in August of 1994. They say that, no, they don't know anything about, like, anything like that happening or being dispersed. However, this is kind of, like, what I would say would be more of, like, the, what I think happened, um, is what you had said. And a lot of people do believe that in Oakville was the site of a military experiment where they were testing a new biological weapon, um, kind of testing essentially to see, like, what would happen and how they could do this, essentially making it seem like it was raining. But then when we're dropping this on like another country, um, we would drop it and then it would look like rain. But then obviously when people would come out and touch it and everything, they would get sick. Animals would die. Maybe people would die. I don't think anyone died in this case, just, you know, got really sick. But um, they do people to people do report like within the days before the very first um, dropping, which was what, August 7th, 94. Um, people do talk about how they have seen some military naval planes that were like, uh, slowly dry flying, um, over the area and over Oakville enough to where people had kind of like made note of it, which was really? a little bit different. So that's not something that happens all the time. Um, you know, yeah, but uh, people are very uh, interested. Uh, the one lady who was sick, Beverly Roberts, she said it gave her like, um, fl- you know, uh, like flu-like symptoms and stuff. She said, this is a quote from her, maybe we are, maybe we were a biological experiment of some kind, a small one, maybe just to get people a little sick to find, a little bit sick to find out. Say, if an enemy did come over here with a biological bomb or something and dropped it, maybe it was just a test run to see how that would happen. And then Dottie, who was the one who was hurt or was uh, was like sick and had to go to the hospital, she was talking about how maybe it was like um, a military test. And she said, and this is her quote, every day almost we had slow fly- flying bombers, helicopters, all black in color. And we kind of thought maybe it might have come from them. Wow. So that's what they think happened so, to them. Here's the thing, yes. though. Like, I mean, obviously we know that this kind of stuff does happen, but like that's fucked up, man. Um, it it really is, and especially if my gosh, if something like that were to happen, I mean, just horribly, horribly sad. Um, but you know, hey, I don't trust the government really, no, so I don't either, it wouldn't surprise me. And I would have passed them to do something like that, but I'm just saying, right? Fucked up if true is what I'm saying. Yeah, fucked up if true. <laughs> I want, I want like, I want like a sign that just says that fucked up if true, right. and I can just hold it up at random parts throughout the day. Um, that is so funny. But yeah, so that's the story of the Oakville Blobs. I have um, never heard of they that don't, before. They really, to this day, yeah, this they to this day have no idea what happened. There are no really plausible stories, um, as to what happened. And um, like I said, they they claim, and like from everything I could find online, that there is no, um, no pictures. Or proof that this happened. You know what? I'm surprised you so, didn't bring up as a possible, uh, a possible explanation. Aliens? Yeah, that no one said aliens. Yes. Well, I, you know what's funny is is nobody really said this at all. Like, sorry, like nobody nobody really said that this was um, aliens or anything. Um, well, but I had thought about that. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I think it's interesting. 
Um, and you know, wasn't it, wasn't it like you and I've had this conversation before that some people really think that jellyfish are aliens? Um, octopus. Octopi. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Never because, mind. well, I mean. reason I was thinking jellyfish. Jellyfish would make sense too, but like something about like how octopuses, octopi DNA uh, is mm-hmm. like, there's nothing organic from the earth in it or something like that they're they're actually come from space i don't know i've heard i don't really know uh all the ins and outs of that but interesting yeah they say well yeah i just didn't know but i had thought about that i had thought about the possibility that maybe we were looking at an alien situation um because it did say it was alive like that's my thing like that that to me is why i kind of am thinking there's no reason why there wouldn't be some type of either this is a biological test, biological warfare, something like that, because it's alive. Right. Like if it was dumped out of a plane or if it was a jellyfish that got blown to smithereens, that wouldn't be alive still, I think. And wouldn't they be able to test and go, oh, that's jellyfish. Right. Yeah, you would think. You know, so I'm not I'm not buying that it was jellyfish or a thing, but I'm thinking, yes, agreed. Aliens or but probably most likely the government going, hey, this is a small town off the coast. There's 763 people here. Who cares if they get sick? Because, you know, it's a small little town. Let's drop this stuff and see what happens. Right. I mean, I, I think that happens more than we would care to think about. Agreed. But, yeah. So, anyway, that's the Oakville Blobs. And they're super weird. And They're super weird. Um, I hope that never happens to us because, obviously, I don't want the doggos to get sick. And but I'm telling you right now, I'm not touching it. I do. I, okay, if there's something <laughs> falls out of the sky and it looks like Jello and it lands on my car, I'm not fucking touching it. No, not a chance. No, I'm not no, going no, near no. that thing. All right. So well, but yeah, so that's the story there, champ. Well, that was very interesting. I've never heard of that before. So uh, yeah, isn't that crazy? Thank you for sharing. Um, you know what? NPNP. All right, I've got a doozy for you today. Oh, I cannot wait. Me just so I long ago decided that when we made it to episode sixty six, <laughs> I wanted to cover something specific because you know sixty six, six six six, whatever. So tell me what you did there, right? So today I'm going to be talking about Satanic Panic. Ooh. But, nice. But which I know you know that I told because I told you like a million Kiss, times that I was Night and Satan service. I actually don't have well, I don't have that specific example in here, but here's the thing. <laughs> I thought I was gonna have a lot more fun researching this topic than I did. Instead I am <laughs> I am just angry and upset. <laughs> <laughs> because also because of just like everything that's going on in the world today, which you'll see when I start talking about shit. But I'm just gonna go ahead and crack into it because Hey, crack it open. I got a lot of notes here. Um, crack them. So, in case you haven't, like, I feel like most people sort of know about Satanic Panic, or at uh-huh. least tangentially. So, from Wikipedia, the Satanic Panic is a moral panic consisting of over 12,000 12, unsubstantiated cases of Satanic ritual abuse, uh, SRA, sometimes known as ritual abuse, ritualistic abuse, organized abuse, or sadistic ritual abuse. Starting in the United States in the 1980s, spreading throughout many parts of the world by the late 1990s, and persisting today. So this this is still from Wikipedia. I'm just going to read this part, and then I'm going to jump into my other source here. But 
they say the panic originated in 1980 with the publication of this book, Michelle Remembers, uh, which was co-written by Canadian psychiatrist Lawrence Pazder and his patient and future wife, um, red, red flag, Michelle Smith. So, uh, which used a discredited practice of recovered memory therapy to make sweeping claims about satanic ritual abuse involving her. So this is like, um, we've, we've seen this before in things actually I have it way further down in my notes, but it reminds me of that episode of the X files where they go to investigate this school where the teachers are like, or the parent teachers are practicing Satanism or whatever. And then the girl starts talking about, uh-huh. uh, all this stuff that supposedly happened to her when she was little. Uh, anyway, so these, agal- these allegations, what was I going to say there? Allegations. <laughs> Um, I mean, sometimes you have to precipitate in the egg allegations. (laughs) Alligators with allegations? I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, right. Which afterwards kind of spread throughout much of the U.S. involved reports of physical and sexual abuse of people within the context of these, like, occult or satanic rituals. Um, In its most extreme form, now listen to this, allegations involve a conspiracy of a global satanic cult that includes the wealthy and powerful world elite in which children are abducted or bred for human sacrifices, pornography, and prostitution, an allegation that returned to prominence in the form of QAnon. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of like uh, Satanic Panic is the original, and now QAnon is the 2.0. Plus, uh, it also like has right. uh, kind of tape rolled all of these other conspiracy theories into it, which. I am not going to touch QAnon with a 10-foot pole right now, <laughs> but I will say... We should talk about that, though, sometime. Sometime, yes. It's going to require a lot of research, and I some of it is not research that I look forward to doing, but I was just going to say, if you are looking for um, a podcast, and that's why We Drink does a good series on QAnon, and I can't remember the episode oh. titles right now, but M does, like a three-parter on QAnon, and it's great, and it's really informative. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, in in these in these allegations, in the abuse, it's nearly every aspect of it is controversial, including the definition, the source of the allegations, the proof, testimonies, um, and court cases involving these allegations. This panic af- affected lawyers, therapists, social workers, um, and it actually brought together a bunch of different dissimilar groups, including religious fundamentalists, police investigators, child advocates, therapists, and clients in psychotherapy. The term satanic abuse was more common early on and later became satanic ritual abuse and then further uh, secularized into simply ritual abuse. Over time, the accusations became more closely associated with dissociative identity disorder, which was then called multiple personality disorder, an anti-government conspiracy theory. So kind of like all this stuff rolled together. I just watched, uh, recently I watched this docu-series on Netflix called The 24 Faces of Billy Milligan. Um, it was like Monsters Inside Me and that was the subtitle. But uh, hmm. it was it was really good, but it was just like kind of sort of related to this, but not really related to this, was there was a rash of people saying that they had dissociative identity disorder after a a book about it came out, like after Sybil, the movie was made and all this stuff. So then you had people Mm -hmm. like 
um, kind of just being led by psychiatrists with their different personalities or maybe like making up personalities to get out of something else. But I like, I do believe that it's a real disorder, but I think it's extremely rare. And there was at, at this time period, kind of like a rash of people saying they had it and they didn't. Right. So yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So anyway, so that's a thing that happened too. But in regards to satanic panic, there was scholarly interest in the topic that slowly built over time, eventually resulting in the conclusion that phenomenon was a moral panic, which, as one researcher put it in 2017, quote, involved hundreds of accusations that devil-worshipping pedophiles were operating America's white middle-class suburban daycare centers, end quote. Which is so funny. Isn't that funny. insane, though? It's And then, actually, I'll get to it, it's not funny at all, because a lot of people <laughs> were prosecuted and went to jail. Uh, for stuff that yeah. they didn't do um yeah it's, it's yeah it's insane and of these more than twelve thousand documented accusations nationwide the police <coughs> oliver the police were not able to substantiate any allegations of organized cult abuse hmm. so this was like extreme mass panic where all these people were saying all these batshit things happened and none of it was true. Right. Yeah. Just absolutely. Isn't that so crazy? So I wrote here, I was like, I was initially super excited to dive into this topic and talk about like the ridiculous things we've seen in popular media, like people believing there were hidden satanic messages in um, rock albums. If you played them backwards, um Mm -hmm. but yeah but as i researched it i became more depressed realizing that in fact this movement never went away and the evangelical christian right is still using fear-mongering over non-existent threats to further their agenda (laughs) and then i put which um, is true just look at what the country's going through right now so but okay so the rest of my info comes largely from this vox article entitled why satanic panic never really ended um and it starts with this ominous quote ominous quote uh, perhaps the most common misunderstanding about satanic panic, which the societal fear of the occult that troubled the U.S. and other parts of the world throughout the 1980s and into the early 1990s, is that it ever ended. And then I wrote, yikes. <laughs> uh, so it goes on to mention that these these satanic ritual allegations um, that I mentioned above, specifically in relation to daycare facilities, um, which I'll get more into that later, but it also talks about uh, this case called the West Memphis Three. Have you heard of that before? Yes, I have. And it is absolutely yes. freaking insane. In which three teenage boys, Damian Eccles, Jesse Miss Kelly Jr. and Jason Baldwin were accused of murder and wrongfully convicted based off circumstantial evidence that largely relied on their goth tendencies. They were like, oh, these mm-hmm. kids dress in black and listen to devil music. Um, they must be murderers. So they were convicted and sent to jail. They were eventually released in 2011 after serving 18 years in prison. Mm -hmm. And Damien Eccles was actually on death row. Like, he had been sentenced to death. Yes, it is absolutely insane. I saw, uh, I think it was a, um, shit, what do you call that? Uh, um, like, 2020, I just almost said (laughs) 50-50. 2020, yeah, I saw a 2020 special about it, and it it really is, makes you piss off. Yeah, it's just crazy that people, and I I wrote this also further down in my notes, but I don't think I can wait to get to it either. I was like, this was the the new Salem witch trials. Correct, Um, yes. Basically, people just saying, 
oh, they're instead of being like, oh, she's a witch, it's oh, they're a devil worshiper, and people right, are like, right, get with no, them! no, with no evidence, yeah, yeah, no evidence. So the Vox article also mentions it's like while police today might be less likely to jump to devil worship as a conclusion in actual cases, accusations of occult involvement have not faded away from the public eye. And they <laughs> gave us a uh, an example what happened with Lil Nas X and his video with Satan. Um, I have no idea what you're talking that about. That song, um, it's Montero, Call Me by Your Name. That song that he does. All I know is Old Town Road. Okay, well, anyway, so this song, <laughs> this was his song from last year, 2021, I think it was, and in the music video, he has Satan in the music video. Like, I haven't actually oh. seen the music video, but people were, like, all up in arms about it, saying he was, oh, you know, devil worshiper, all this stuff, and he actually, he um profited off it a little bit by uh, doing some kind of special shoes that were, like, Satan shoes, or I don't know. <laughs> Because people are ridiculous, and I just have like, uh, you know what? Good for you. Good for you making money off of it. Anyway, (laughs) um, Satan shoes. That's all I'm gonna. But yeah, so origins of the Satanic Panic though can kind of be traced all the way back to the late '60s and early '70s, um, when you had people like Charles Manson and his Mm -hmm. cult of influence there, and the murders they kind of put like this whole ritualistic killing thing into the natural national spotlight. Um, right. And then also in 69, this guy, Anton LaVey published the satanic Bible, which was actually littered with plagiarism and stolen ideas from other writers. He kind of had founded in 66, which is hilarious. Uh, the church <laughs> of Satan. And he, even though he's like an atheist and he kind of founded this movement for like, like-minded individuals who don't actually believe in or worship the devil he just was kind of using satan as a symbol but because of his what he chose to call his church and his publication of the satanic bible this rise of satanism recognized as a practice kind of coagulated in society's consciousness alongside other pop culture things going on like at this time, The Exorcist, the book comes out in 71, and then the movie comes out in 73, and then suddenly everybody's worried about being possessed by demons. Obsess- or obsessed. Yeah. I just said obsessed, not not possessed. <laughs> oh, obsessed. Yeah, possessed by demons. And, like, it's kind of actually, they were saying, too, like, even The Exorcist is what's responsible for taking Ouija boards and from being kind of this, like, game that, that people just thought of like this harmless parlor board game and making it Uh into a thing like oh you can communicate with demons through this really interesting so it wasn't really used for that beforehand i guess i don't know that's what the article seemed to insinuate anyway but the result of all of this kind of going on at the same time was the nation ready to accept all of these outlandish stories about the occult and dark rituals and all this stuff so in 1972 there was a book called Satan Seller, which this was actually a fabricated memoir. It wasn't discredited until 20 years after its release, but it was by this guy who was a self-proclaimed Christian evangelist, Mike Warnke. And um, he, in the book, recounted a childhood and young adulthood that were spent in satanic worship. So he said that he even served as a satanic high priest and that he was engaged in, among all these other weird things, ritualistic sex orgies. Oh. And so at the time, like, of this book, there was kind of, like, a rise of 
other self-proclaimed former Satanists, which I'm doing air quotes, which you can't see me. Right. Big um, time air yeah, quotes on that. Who insisted that the world was being run by these ritualistic cults. Um, so among these are guys like John Todd, Herschel Smith, and David Hansen. So these three guys, and then also Warren Key, all four of them grew up in Southern California. And so they were kind of, it seems like they maybe used this whole Manson case and the panic about it to kind of further their agenda about the world being full of dark cult symbols and all these satanic conspiracies. And so these guys also claim to have conversion experiences that made their stories appealing to Christians. So it's just kind of like that thing, like, Oh, I was the worst kind of person and I was involved with all this devil worship and now I'm a Christian and people like ate that shit up. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was like the ever looming threat of Satan as a special boogeyman waiting to corrupt our children was a tool well wielded by the, the growing evangelical right, which was also like really starting to get its hold in politics and stuff at this time. John Todd specifically was supported by Christian tract maker Jack Chick. Remember Chick Tracks? No. You don't remember those? Dude, the the little like, tracks, like tracks with like the, the yes. little things that with, set out you're going to hell yes, or whatever. with comics in them. So Chick used <laughs> Todd's fabricated yes, stories. Yes, I guess I didn't know they were called Chick Tracks, yes. but yes, I know exactly yes. what you're talking so about. Yeah, so he was the he was the guy who like invented those and they had all these crazy comics inside. So Chick used Todd's just, stories as the basis for numerous comic pamphlets that were kind of raging against the growing threat of Satanism. I remember one of those being like, it had like pumpkins on the front and it was about how Halloween is the devil's <laughs> night and they were getting ready to do their sacrifice and you should turn to Jesus I before just know. Happens. I just want to know, has anyone ever in the history of the world found themselves believing in god after looking at that's what i want to know too because they are i always thought they were ridiculous even when i was in the height of like my super christian days i was like these are stupid (laughs) yeah like this is not a thing i think that's ever brought anyone to to any type of religious experience i mean shit maybe i'm wrong tell me in the comments right but continue right but i I feel like those are about as useful as those billboards on the side of the interstate that say something like, are you going to heaven or hell? Call this number to find well, which out. Which is funny. Which is funny because then like the same people who will hand out those tracks will scoff at like other religions that try to hand out like literature. Yeah. Cause their religion's the only right. Religion. Like no one wants to hear about your, you know, Jehovah's witness or right. your other this, like that's ridiculous, but it's like, damn, you're doing the same thing. Like, yeah, I just, ridiculous. It, it's all, anyway. it's all, in a big bucket of crazy. Anyway. <laughs> Agreed. So he spent over a decade posing as an expert in Satanism for all these like fundamental evangelical groups and passing off all of this made up shit about his childhood as a template for like how real Satanism worked. So basically so he'd go around scaring people being like, yeah, we used to sacrifice babies under the full moon and oh shit. God. I don't know. Like what, what the fuck, man? Like, why are you, what is the purpose of this? I get that you're like scaring people, but I don't think scaring people into your religion is a very valid way of doing things. Like tell, show me, yeah. show me in history, take out the history book and show me when that has worked. Usually it ends in a lot of bloodshed with stuff like the Spanish exactly. Inquisition and the Crusades and all that. You're just, this is like just a further technological version of that. You're just like trying to scare yes. people into your religion and that's not, that's not how it should work. <laughs> no, and it's not. That's not real religion. No. You know what I mean? Like, that's not that's not s- sustaining. Anyway. 
So in conjunction with this kind of like rising fear of like all this ritualistic stuff, the 70s and even like the 80s were also plagued by serial killers who seemed to confirm everything that the public was fearing. Uh, specifically, the Zodiac Killer and the Alphabet Killer both used ritualistic patterns in their killings and also were never caught. So Ooh. that's kind of like when you see it becomes this whole kind of like fear of like that could happen to me that there's a, someone out there and they're doing this shit, you know? Right. And then you had, of course, you had ten, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, the Hillside Stranglers, and Son of Sam, the last of which caught a, caused a mass panic in New York City in 1977 and famously blamed his string of murders on a demon-possessed dog named Sam. Have you ever, like, have you ever looked into the Son of Sam or seen anything on that? I have not delved into that, Okay, so there's also, I watched a docuseries on Netflix about it. (laughs) But yeah, he was like, he said that his neighbor's dog was possessed by a demon and was telling him to go kill people. Listen, live your best, I guess, if you want to be a serial killer, but don't bring an innocent dog into this. (laughs) Right. I mean, come on, poor now. Dog. that's just too much. Um, and then the the eighties right. followed this with killers like Richard Ramirez, who even kind of took to painting pentagrams on his victims' walls. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, Richard Ramirez. <laughs> He's just like one of my favorites. I mean, like as I mean, far as you shouldn't have a favorite. Well, I was gonna killer, say right? as far thing. as yeah, like I feel like you can have like the most fascinating ones to you but it's not like yes yes that's but it's yes very interesting but it's not like i look up to this guy and i want to be him someday (laughs) No, like i'm not trying to like be like be impressed by him but but it's just interesting it's an interesting story like obviously you know we're in he like didn't kill some people but then he killed other people very interesting yeah his mo is kind of all over the place and it's crazy which is why i'd love to just get like elbow deep in that brain you know (laughs) it's disgusting just see what i see um uh, yeah it's just like some of them are really have really interesting stories and i think that's why true crime continues to be fascinating but yeah so it that that obviously didn't help things when they're seeing people who are being clearly killed in these kind of ways and then you know there's all kinds of satanic things being left there like that's that's not helping the case any so right, yeah no people aren't that's not, not, not this helpful. article also goes on to mention other contributing factors which i in the 80s which i said sounds like a missing verse from we didn't start the fire um including <laughs> the spread of aids misinformation kidnap victims faces appearing on milk cartons the mass panic surrounding the 1982 tylenol murders which i think you've heard of before. we're crazy yeah trick-or-treat scares which there was only one killer Ronald Clark O'Brien, who was actually received, it says received a highly publicized execution in 1984, but he was the only one who ever really used, like, uh, trick-or-treating to kill someone, but still it it became kind of like, there's razor blades in all the candy. Um, Right, right. Everybody's fucked. There's razor blades. Don't even, you know what, don't even bother going out there. And then the first wave of reports of scary killer clowns attempting to prey on children. Yes, that was, that started in the 80s. Creepy as fuck. Yeah. I remember, you know what's crazy is, like, I remember, like, I don't know if it's, you know, looking back, it's probably just that Southern, you know, they got some shit going on in the <laughs> they South. They got some shit Cause going like, on. Because, <laughs> like, I, I grew up, like, growing up up North, before we moved to Florida, like, I didn't know that Halloween was a thing that some Christians thought was bad. Like, 
that like a couple other things you guys were when i well, you guys were raised lutheran right weren't wasn't your church no 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 no, no just non-denominational oh, okay. um and i just like i remember like living up north you know the highlight of my freaking year was going trick-or-treating right. you know and we lived in the well, country was... a little bit more so like we would drive and my parents would like let us off and we could go like me and my friends like we could go up to the house and stuff <clears throat> Like, I don't remember, like, I remember being at our school in Florida and being, and hearing something about Halloween yeah. and how bad Halloween so, was. And I was like, wait a second. Why did my parents never tell me no, Halloween was bad? We've been celebrating Halloween my whole life. I think it's a very Southern Baptist thing. Yes. Yes. Because Southern is. Baptists also think dancing is evil. Um, right. Like, yeah, just like all that all kind of stuff. Like, shit. I never even... I never, like, that kind of stuff, like, I never knew growing up that that was even a thing anyone believed. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's. Anyway, that really had no purpose other than I just think it's interesting. Well, I was going to say, you know, good for you in your childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because, like, some people, and I guess, I so I guess it just depends, like, well, Southern Baptist is a different thing than even just regular Baptist because there's Baptists all over. But, um, yeah, I think there, it just depends on what kind of household you grew up in but yeah so also during this time in the 80s the phrase stranger danger became commonplace and people just kind of which is completely ridiculous well i i there is stranger danger with some people you know people be crazy yeah but you but if you're gonna get you know if your kid's gonna get stolen and raped it's gonna be by it's It's usually by someone they know yeah 99.9% 99.9% of the time it's going to be somebody, you yeah, know, that's, not the crazy creeper that is true. in the trailer at the end of the street. But the point being that people were suddenly feeling unsafe even in their own insular communities. Right. Um, so this this kind of fear was preyed on with the rise of fundamentalist preachers like Jerry Falwell and his Moral mm-hmm. Majority, which was founded in 1979. They also had um, anti-occult crusaders like Pat Pulling, who believed that her son's death by suicide was the result of a Dungeons and Dragons curse. Um, I have never heard of that. That is, that is, wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so apparently this led some people to crusade against things like that. Role-playing games, um, all these, like, whatever games people were playing because they, they feared that it kind of was somehow related to the occult. And then, all obviously, these chick tracks didn't help that any. Um, <laughs> and I feel like all of that kind of was the basis for when Harry Potter came out for them to be like, oh, Harry Potter is evil and all this shit. And I was like, y'all don't tell me that you fuckers were 12 years old reading Lord of the Rings and now you <laughs> tell us that we can't read Harry Potter? Like, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I remember having a conversation with my mom, which that's another thing that I'm talking about, like with like, Harry Potter. Like, in like up in Michigan, like if I had lived up in Michigan, I don't think that would have ever been a thing that no. I would have heard about it being yeah. bad. Well, and the thing is, you know too, is mean, like, like, but when we try to, to, I would, I would bring that up. I was like, Gandalf is a wizard in Lord of the Rings and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, Tolkien was a Christian. I was like, what the fuck you know about J.K. Rowling's <laughs> uh, religion? And it's like, like it's obviously so now we know she's a turf, so she's probably a lot more conservative than anybody else. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's all coming clear. But, but yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. Like, the being telling my mom like well the, you know in lord of the rings has wizards too and my mom was like well you know tolkien it was a christian and and did it and i'm like what does that have to do with the price of tea in china like that, <laughs> that like they're wizards i don't i guess like i don't right. understand it's like, like it's still magic it, there's nothing just they were sense. like making it seem like she legit went out into the woods and made a deal with the devil to write children's books about witches and wizards like 
pretty sure that's not how it happened. <laughs> the revolving books. Remember the revolving books? Yeah, it's just like this fucking propaganda that you're just like trying to trying to scare children about stuff. Anyway. Right. So like, what is your purpose? What is the purpose of that? Obviously, there's that part of it, which is, you know, the fundies and their bullshit. But then you've got the media <laughs> then you, jumping in on it. Like everything with everything they do, any craze that's going on, the media's got to jump in and kind of like stoke this flame of fear and fuel these misconceptions about all this occult stuff going on. In 1988, famously, there was Geraldo Rivera's documentary called Devil Worship, Exposing Satan's Underground. Oh my god! And at the time, it it became the highest rated televised documentary to date. Um, And it was talking to all these people about like oh, they're past in devil worship and all these rituals that went on, not bothering to fact check any of this shit, you know, just like just like they do. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, there was even a 1991 episode of 2020, which aired an official Roman Catholic exorcism. Which I don't know if oh you've ever gosh. watched an exorcism yeah, before. I Sometimes when was they've that? been on when some... When did that say? 1991. Because uh, they've had them on I like, remember, these paranormal like, about investigation that. shows, you know? They'll sometimes have exorcisms mm-hmm. and stuff, but they are not as crazy as a Roman Catholic exorcism. That shit gets crazy. Shit get wild? Mm-hmm. Those exorcisms be wild. But anyway, so all of that kind of leads us back to the info that I shared in the beginning from Wikipedia and this memoir Michelle remembers. So thanks to, you know, kind of all this widespread media attention which like gives it a very credible footing this guy this psychologist pazder and smith who was his patient but then became his wife again red flags all over um (laughs) kind of were able to double down on their story and he became seen as an expert in this arena of like satanic ritual abuse so despite its quote wild implausibility and unverifiable foundation Michelle Remembers was actually presented as, like, a textbook during the 80s and 90s for legal professionals and other authorities. Um, it also oh, wow. spawned numerous copycat memoirs, like 1988 Satan's Underground, uh, which also was later debunked uh, and had kind of this whole massive intergenerational cult that was founded on satanic ritual abuse that they found out was, you know, was never a thing. And it was kind of like, at that time... Quote, the devil worshippers could be anywhere, which is uh, from writer Peter Bebergall, Bebergall, whatever, uh, told io9 in, in kind of summing this up. He said, quote, they could be your next door neighbor. They could be your child's caregiver. So this whole entire thing kind of led That's, to a, oh my gosh. a rash of legal proceedings in the mid to late 80s that would send at least 26 people to jail in interrelated convictions, despite a complete lack of corroborative physical evidence for any of these claims. Um, nearly mm. all of those convictions convictions have since been overturned, including that of one, one man who served 20 years of a 40-year sentence and two parents who were sentenced to 240 years in prison after their own sons were coached to accuse them of abuse. That is so crazy. And that's just from a one kind of area in California but that doesn't include the infamous McMartin trial, which became and remains the largest, longest, and most expensive trial in California history. Um, hmm. In 1983, 
one parent accused one of the staff members at the McMartin Preschool in Manhattan Beach, California, of abuse. So during this investigation, the police kind of let this unlicensed psychotherapist named Key McFarland to conduct examinations of 400 children from the daycare. And he, this person used anatomically correct dolls and coercive interview processes, resulting in a staggering 321 counts of child abuse being leveled against seven daycare staff members by 41 children. Um, And these kind of, these allegations included that the daycare owners had built secret underground tunnels that led to ritual ceremonies, had sacrificed a baby, flushed children down toilets, and could turn into witches and fly. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm going to need you to circle back to flush children down toilets. Is that a thing that we're allowed to do now? Um, Again? <laughs> I don't know. They said that that's a thing that happened, but they also said that they could turn I into witches and disagree. fly. I'm so right. Like dead. how? How? What the hell? You can't really. I mean, you wouldn't even be able to flush a full grown baby down a toilet. <laughs> like unless these are the toilets from Harry Potter that lead to the. I don't know why I just cackled when you said watch a grown. <laughs> A full-grown baby down the toilet. I don't know why I cackled so much. I didn't bring me as much joy as my last. Well, I'm just saying think, the hole but... isn't big enough for that. Is what I'm saying. No, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's that's dumb. But I, but kind of reading that whole thing is, I wonder if this was kind of the case that that kind of led us to say things like "Show me on the doll where someone touched you." Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> and I'm like. Why are we so fucked up as people? Like I don't understand. I, it's just insane to me, like the things that we that we that we deal with and the things that we like allow. Yeah. So anyway, allow to happen are insane. After, but I mean, like it's just like with the. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, yeah. Okay. Because I'm I'm about to sort of wrap it up here. <laughs> okay. So after six years of investigation, six years of investigation and litigation of a five year trial. The case ultimately kind of, like, evaporated due to lack of evidence. Um, Eventually, all charges against the daycare staffers were dropped. And uh, the McMartin Preschool building was demolished in 1990. That is insane. Okay, so in 1992, the Justice Department thoroughly debunked the myth of the satanic ritual abuse cult. But though these accusations had kind of died out by the mid-1990s, Law enforcement actually continued to treat Satan as a potential criminal indicator, going as far to make a police training video in 1994 called The Law Enforcement Guide to Satanic Cults. Oh my gosh. So I'm just going to actually show you a bit of this. Also, this has got Satanists on it. That's hilarious. Did you hear that? Uh, No, I I can't hear anything. Damn it. I mean, I can hear you, but I can't hear. Okay, so basically, I'm just—I'll just share this video. Like, I'll share it with you later or something. But it's this guy, and he's got this terrible mullet situation going on, and he's in this <laughs> park, and he's basically saying, "There's two communities that use this park," and he's saying the satanic, whatever people, and then he was like, and also the the gay community, like the. And I was like. What? You can really feel the homophobia coming through in this video. Yeah. Um. But also, then he comes up to this tree, and it has uh, uh, it's like it's not a pentagram because it's it's right side up. It's like just the star, 
And then he uh-huh. talks about like how it's not the right, you know, it should be upside down if it's satanic, blah, 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 whatever. And I was like, very clearly someone has just drawn this on the tree for this video because it <laughs> looks really, really fresh. Anyway. Oh my gosh. But so it kind of is, I wish I could show you the video, but since we're having technical difficulties, I'm going to let it go and I'll show it to you after. Um, but okay. yeah, so th- it, it definitely like seems laughable now to look back at that and, and think about it, but there are at least three people still serving time for the some of these satanic ritual abuse crimes that likely never occurred. Insane. Yeah. Well, and that's so sad. It's like that's ruining lives, you know. Exactly. Like- yeah, I put that. I put that in my in my notes. I said, so here is like we see that the worst effects of the satanic panic were felt within the legal system, but there were other fallouts as well, and many of the effects effects still linger today. So people like who were like to play Dungeons and Dragons and other supposedly occult games were demonized for years by people. Um, And then you had all these strange conspiracy theories that flourished, including rumors of, you know, like the messages in the rock music, like I said. And there was even this conspiracy about Procter & Gamble that won the company a $19.25 million settlement um, where people were like saying some weird thing in their logo was satanic. So don't use the devil shampoo and they were like going canvassing in parking lots and telling people not to use the devil shampoo and all this shit. Yeah. So it's just like all this kind of stuff. That's like ridiculous. Remember the whole big uh, hubbub over the Starbucks Christmas cups or holiday cups. Yeah. I never really understood what that was about, but Uh, yeah. Just some bullshit like this. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Just some some dumb shit. Dumb shit. So that doesn't even make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, and it, like many of those conspiracies and kind of strange murmurs of these child sex rings are still with us decades later. Um, a lot of right wing conspiracy theories that have ballooned into serious threats over the past five years kind of contain all these elements from Satanic Panic. And I wrote cough, Q and on cough. Um, yeah, <laughs> Pizzagate, which I had heard of but didn't know what it was, led this. Yes, I have heard of. That. Led this guy to bring a gun to this Washington. DC pizza parlor in 2016 because he believed that democratic politicians were trafficking children for sex and holding them in the basement of the restaurant, which by the way, did not have a basement. So (laughs) So do with that that what you will. And then, so kind of my closing, as I put, just like the Salem witch trial, satanic panic blossomed out of fear until it became an agent of mass hysteria. Wrongful, wrongful convictions replaced mob hangings, but the results were still life ruining. Um, And then the Vox article that I read ends with this chilling sentence. Quote, the real fear is that tomorrow someone could decide the demonic influence is you. Oh, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, so basically that's satanic panic. Um, that is crazy. And I really did just want to talk about, like, you know, like these moms with their aprons being like, don't listen to kids because they're knights in Satan's service. Yeah, knight in Satan's service. But then I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, they're about to overturn Roe versus Wade. So, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> these, like, shit's not as yeah, funny anymore. Yeah, it's not as funny anymore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy, though. It really is when you think about it, like, just the way that things are. And, you know, we see this stuff and it's like, you know, with, with the um, Salem Witch Trials, you know, we we see this shit happen and we look back now and laugh like Salem witch trials. How could people be so dumb, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And then but we're still but doing it. Like the same shit still happens. Yeah. Same shit. Different, different century. Yeah. Different century. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Literally. That's exactly what it is too. Same shit. Different century. I don't, I just don't get it. I really don't understand. 
Ollie, what? He's like <sighs> all up in my grill and he's pawing at me like like crazy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so um if you've ever I don't know, I was gonna say been victimized by satanic panic. <laughs> You ever had a? If you ever witnessed blobs uh, falling out of the sky that made people sick, right? Uh, so, or you just maybe you know had like to play a little D and D, and then somebody makes you feel like you're a saint <laughs> for it. Send us an email, and where should they send that email, um, Leanne? Yeah, they're gonna want to send that email to boozeandghoulspod at gmail dot com. That's booze a n d ghouls pod at gmail.com that's right you can also check us out on twitter at booze and ghouls or on tiktok and instagram at booze and ghouls pod um you can rate and review us on itunes spotify amazon wherever you listen i mean spotify has ratings now they don't have reviews let me just but go ahead and if you listen to us on spotify just click on give us a five star there because um that would help us out i really don't know how it works on there but yeah they have ratings now (laughs) Just, just do, do it. it. Whatever it is, just, just do, do it. it. Just listen to what we say. Don't question us at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, now that you say that, we're going to have people thinking we're Satanist. <laughs> trying to, trying to, just don't listen to, don't think for yourself. Just do what we the say. five stars actually represent the five points of the pentagram. <laughs> um, so when we ask you to review us, what we're really asking you to do is to join Satan's army. <laughs> Kiss. <laughs> Satan's service. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy. I laugh, but inside I cry. Yeah, so I think that's I think that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I guess until next time. Stay boozy, friends. <laughs>